Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the Horror Fiends podcast. My name is Chris, and I'll be leading us today alongside my two hosts, as always, Sauce and John. How are we doing, guys? What's going on? Doing good. I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing today, sir? Man, today's been a long day, I'm not going to lie, but um, it's all worth it leading up to record this podcast. This is what I look forward to every week, so I'm happy to be here. And I'm especially happy to be talking about today's movie. One of my personal faves, it's another found footage movie, keeping the street going, two in a row. Today we're talking about As Above, So Below from 2014. Now, John, this is a movie that I have recommended to you several times since the podcast has started. And I feel like I've played it up enough to where you can only be let down by it. So I'm hoping you weren't too excited and you know had too much anticipation to the point where you got let down but i'm also just hoping you enjoyed it as a whole excited to hear what you think yeah um i i you definitely hyped it up a little bit and i've i was very excited to watch this one because it's been on my my letterboxd watch list since basically i joined that app so this is one that i've been meaning to get out and i've kind of been saving for the chance that the marble wins but in this case we didn't get a marble win we got the 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 chris takeover month and uh, it won by a, a fucking landslide, if I do say so myself, over the Blair Witch Project and the Poughkeepsie Tapes and some other one that I VHS can't remember right was now. the fourth. Oh, VHS. Yeah. And VHS yep. also so, has been on my watch list for quite some time. That's that's another one that I'm excited to get your take on, but that'll have to wait. Um, yep. Yeah. Special thank you to everybody who participated in our Instagram poll. Please check us out at Horror Fiends podcast i always forget it but it's at horror, at fiends. The horror fiends at the horror fiends on instagram yeah. please follow us feel free to dm us with any suggestions and keep an eye out for some polls that we'll be doing i think sauce might lead the next one but thank you everyone who participated and for whoever voted for this movie because i've been looking forward to talk about it so very excited today do you guys have anything else before we dive right into this week's movie um, so this was for sure a first time watch for me. Sauce, this was a first time watch for you, I assume. It was. I watched it last night for the first time. So nice, very, very good, fresh. And Chris, you've seen this how many times? Two, three times? I would say four times at this point. Um, okay. I watched it way back. I think it was right around 2014. Maybe it was more like 2015, 2016. Um, and I've watched it again on my own and with somebody else since. And I watched it a couple of days ago for a little refresher. So gotcha. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, w- I would like to say I'm an expert on this movie, but it's actually pretty detailed, kind of complex because it pulls a lot from actual world history and theories and ancient, you know, evils and kind of old texts that are, you know, not fiction. Basically they exist in real life. And these are stories that have been told for years, and the movie plays right off of that. But again, this is all fairy tale. It is basically fiction because none of it can be proved, but ties a lot into the Freemasons, Knights Templar, you know, really old, old shit with like beginning of earth type of stuff. So very interesting right. to me. There's also a little bit of a national treasure vibe to this movie. I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on that. Everybody remembers the classic films with Nicolas Cage where he's flipping over the Declaration of Independence and stealing it and all that shit. They kind of go into that a little bit as they set up the movie in the first act uh, but, yes. um, i did i definitely picked that up yeah yeah i got those vibes too yep so we'll get into it right now 
Spoiler alert, if you've not watched the movie, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to try to rip through the plot pretty quick because there's just no way I can touch on everything. I would highly recommend you go watch this movie now and then tune back in after you've watched it. So here we go. Chris, before we get going, would we want to talk about the movie poster here? Well, I was going to get into that, but let's go. Ah, okay. So first thing, like always, before we talk about the movies is we talk quickly and give a score on the movie poster itself. So for this movie, it's pretty straightforward and it actually ties into the movie pretty well. It's the Eiffel Tower in red kind of sky behind it in black and then basically inverse right in the middle of the movie poster is the same thing it's flipped over there's kind of pile of bones you know symbolizing the catacombs and stuff like that it says as above so below on the bottom of the movie poster and on the top is the tagline of the only way out is down now more or less that's what it looks like there's kind of a couple different versions i know i just said there's kind of the inverse it's, it's upside down. The Eiffel Tower is upside down is kind of the gist of it. Um, I think it's pretty good because it's it's unique. The Eiffel Tower actually points at the title of As Above, So Below. And I do like the tagline. They actually use the tagline in the movie. So I, I think it's one of the better ones. And I'm going to go with a solid 3.5. What do you guys think? Nice. I will uh, I will say here that I have uh, one of the reasons I've just been super hyped for this one is that I thought that this movie poster was for sure one of the sharpest looking ones out of all these horror movies I have in my watch list. I just really like the 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 art sort of like the centered style of the Eiffel Tower upside down. You got the skulls, you got the bright red color. Uh, for me, it's very clean and it's uh, it it begs the question of what the fuck is this movie about. Um, which I think is pretty damn good. And I, I just find it very, very nice to look at. And um, I'm going to give this one, bring out the drum roll, folks, because this is my new number one movie poster. I'm giving this one. This is a beautiful poster. It's one of the, oh, yeah, nice. for sure the best one that we've had so far. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched that we got this one for that reason. All nice. right. And I agree. I think this is a really good movie poster. Um, I also like the... Uh, the flipped over Eiffel Tower, the the skulls on the top, so kind of backwards. Um, very clean looking. Um, definitely one of the better ones that we've reviewed. We've reviewed a lot of bad ones. This is definitely not a bad one. This is a good one. So I will give it a solid four. Four even. So everybody can go, again, check out our Instagram. We'll post it on there so you can take a look at, at it yourself. You can see what we're talking about. And, again, go check out the movie. Spoilers ahead. So here we go. As we dive into the world of As Above, So Below. The first act, and it's basically about a good 30 minutes, and actually the movie itself is an hour and 33 minute runtime. So you spend the first 25, 30 minutes building up the backstory of why our crew is doing what they're doing. So our main character, her name is Scarlett. She has like 10 different PhDs, but she basically is a historian, an archaeologist, she studies ancient texts and alchemy. So alchemy is like the original version of science slash kind of magic. I don't know. Like the whole idea of alchemy was, you know, chemicals and bonds between atoms, like very, very early science. And some of it kind of ties into religion and mythical beliefs as well. And she is looking for this stone that's referred to as the philosopher's stone. And this is found in like real 
alchemy and real theory that people have studied in real life, not just in this movie. So there's this thing called the Philosopher's Stone that whoever holds it has the key to eternal life and, you know, all all the wealth that they would ever need, stuff like that. So it's kind of like your Holy Grail type of uh, arch, uh, archaeological find. That's what you're looking for. So first 30 minutes gets into explaining why she's looking for what she's looking for, kind of how she gets there and why she ends up in Paris. She really ends up in Paris because she needs to find her friend there who can translate what she found in her previous time in Iran. And also because, you know, the, the text and all the stuff she's studying also leads to Paris and says that like in the catacombs where the guy who was studying alchemy was buried, you know, he's probably buried with his philosopher's stone. They, they believe this guy Flamel was the one who discovered the stone. And then when he died, he buried it. And there's kind of like a riddle national treasure style of how to find the philosopher's stone. So that all leads us to Scarlett and her cameraman. This is a found footage movie. So the cameraman, his name is Benji and he's the one filming everything up until this point. Um, they find a guy by the name of George, who is an old friend of Scarlett's. He translates some of the stuff she found points them in the right direction. They realize they have to go into the catacombs. So, some random guy, as they're doing a tour, like a guided tour of the catacombs, they see some sketchy guy who says, oh, you got to go to this club and ask for Papillon. And I'm not French. I'm going to butcher his name every time. So we're going to call him Pop or Pap. That's what they kind of refer to him as in the movie. So they go to this club. They find Pap. They tell him, like, he's like, I don't want to go down there. Why should I take you? And they basically tell him, well, we could find treasure and you'll be rich beyond your wildest dreams. They tell him to take all the treasure. That's not even what they're looking for. So the guy's like, all right, cool. So he takes them to one of the hidden entrances to the catacombs. And this is real quick where I want to take a pause and kind of discuss the actual Paris catacombs because you know, they're a very real thing. They actually filmed the movie in the Paris catacombs. And here's a quick stat just from Googling it. The expanse and depth of the catacombs are unimaginable, according to this one website. Some say that it's 185 miles long. Others suggest it's upwards of 310 miles long. And some say it, there's a total 11,000 square meters of tunnels down there. Jeez. They also say that it goes up to 20 meters or 65 feet underground. And that's about a five-story building is what you're looking at there. So the movie makes it seem like they're much deeper. It seems like in real life there's, you know, there's basically less than 100 feet of depth, but the movie, as you can imagine, goes much deeper. So the way, the best way to describe the catacombs is that there are more dead bodies buried in the catacombs than there are living people in Paris today, and that's a fact. Over 6 million, I, I think they, I said on the, or saw on the website, 6 million bodies and remains are down there and probably much more that have been undiscovered or unidentified. Um, they have all these bones and skulls lined up down there in an actual ornate and decorative pattern. So they used to just kind of be down there scattered about and somebody in the 1800s actually went down there and made it look nicer and kind of presented it. And actually in the 1800s was the first time they opened it for the public to go down there and view. So it is the largest singular catacomb burial site known to man to this date. So just that's kind of the best way you can start to imagine what these people are getting into. You know, there's, there's no light down there. There's, they're going in there as if they're basically going cave exploring is the best way to picture it. Like deep cave exploring. So pop, he brings along his crew. He's got a girl named Susie 
They refer to her as the Banshee, which they never expand upon. Just an interesting thing <laughs> for her. That was so uh, un- un- uh, weird that they never defined what that means. Yeah. I think we'll get into this later, but of all the characters in this movie, she's the most useless. She does nothing. Oh, but yeah. She's there. Um, then the other one of Pop's companions is Zed. Refer to him as the Climber. And Scarlet, her gang, is her, her cameraman, Benji, and then her friend, George. George was very reluctant to go into the cave or the catacombs because we find out that his younger brother died while drowning in a cave, something to that effect. So he he doesn't want to go down there, but they kind of force him into because as they're about to enter, a police officer like sees them and kind of chases them in there. So he gets stuck going down there with them, even though he didn't want to. So that's our crew of six that are down exploring the catacombs for now. They meet a friend along the way. We'll we'll get to him in a second here. <laughs> so um, they first get in there. Like I said, the cop kind of chases them in. Pap, they get to basically a crossroad. And Pap says, we cannot go through this way, even though Scarlet wants to go. She's like, hey, my map says go this way through this blocked off wall. But you can easily just kind of push some rocks down and get in. And Pap's like, no, that is forbidden to go down there. Nobody goes there. It is, you know, bad place. It's evil. And that's where we're. Nobody comes back. Yep. Yep. That's what he says. And he he says that is where his once friend, Latope, who knows those caves like the back of his hand, ends up going in there never to be seen again. And that was two years ago that they have not seen Latope. So don't go down that way. They decide to go a different way, which Scarlet believes will take much longer, but they have no choice. They have to follow their guide, Pap. So they crawl over like a bunch of bones, kind of get through this long passage of very tight, very narrow climbing and crawling. And right away we get into the claustrophobia aspect of this movie. That's touched on a lot with tight spaces, getting stuck, being stuck underground. I don't know if you guys suffer from that at all. I'm sure a lot of people do. Are they're you know they're claustrophobic? I don't think I am, but I also don't think I could have done what these people did in the movie. So you guys yeah. claustrophobic at all? I'm not claustrophobic, but if you put me in that situation where you're underground hundreds of feet and with dead bodies and stuff and bones, it's that would freak me the hell out. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely am I couldn't do that situation. I would want not to be any part of what they were doing. That's for sure. Yeah, I feel like that was a really cool scene in this movie. And it happens incredibly early in their like spelunking of the catacombs like. That was uh, like uh, like almost immediately they just start immediately being terrified. So I thought it was pretty cool actually. I, I very much enjoyed that scene, especially um, Benji. Yeah, sure and Benji. That, that was kind of his shiny moment in this movie, in my opinion. Yep. You know, being the cameraman, we don't get too much of Benji, but he does actually install cameras on three of the people's basically they have headlamps on. So we do end up getting a couple of different angles, which is nice. And again, this is found footage, all filmed from headlamp cams and one main cam carried by Benji. And actually real quick, before they actually crawl through those bones, they walk by this room where there's clearly just cult members in there with candles chanting. You see this lady who you've actually seen before in the movie kind of walking by on the streets. So very creepy vibe right away. Like shortly after entering these catacombs, they're just seeing like cult members doing shit. So well, that'll come back later. Yeah, can we touch on um, that later? Because that that was bizarre to me. Yep, yep. It does have a purpose, though. Yep. So, after they crawl through these bones, which seemingly, they make it seem like it takes a while. It's a long, you know, maybe, I 
don't know, call it like 400, 800 meters of, of just crawling over bones in a very tight space. They get out, they end up exactly where they were before they entered that pile of bones. So they're like, wait a second. Like they were, they started to not trust, trust Pap because he was like, I thought this was the way to go. Clearly it was not. They basically went in a circle from what they think. So after wasting all that effort, they just decided to go the way that Scarlet wanted to go, which was through the forbidden way, the evil entrance. So soon after they go through that entrance, they're going through some corridors. They hear a phone ring. And the first thing I thought of was the black phone. And I don't know if <laughs> Me you too. thought of that as well. <laughs> I totally did. I, I was like, I've literally never experienced that in really many two other movies. Like I, of all the movies I've watched, only the black phone has like a ringing landline in it. Yep. And uh, yeah. And, and also the piano that's down there, like just a random piano piano that has the same key broken. That was George's, right? That was like his kind of flashback. Yep. Yeah. So the, all the members who are down there start to experience like weird things. They're seeing things from their past or hearing things such as the phone actually relates to Scarlet because you find out later that she didn't pick up the phone when her dad committed suicide on, you know, he called, she didn't answer and he killed himself. Um, we talked about George and his brother who drowned, you know, that piano was special to both of them. But soon after they kind of encounter these creepy objects that should not be there and are kind of ominous. Latope appears, the man who apparently disappeared two years ago into the same tunnel and has not been seen since he pops up to the surprise of everybody and he informs them that the only way out is down. And that, again, is our tagline. I love when he dropped that line because it just kind of sets the movie in. It sets your mind for where the movie's about to go, which is basically they're fucked. The way they actually they just came through collapsed, so they can't even go backwards. And they just have to keep going down and deeper into these catacombs to try to hopefully find a way out. Um, as they go through, they find a well. So this well is probably another... 70 to 100 meter drop so they basically set up a line rappel right down there everybody makes it down okay and you start to just get like a weird scene where sounds are happening and everyone kind of gets freaked out by it but nothing else happens there and they end up in this trap room that's kind of like an ancient egyptian trap and they basically have to figure out the riddle pull the certain stone out they get out of there okay opens up a secret door and this door leads them into a tomb and this tomb has a body in it of a knight's templar knight so like a mason type reference now this body has been there for hundreds of years but it looks like it was buried yesterday like the skin is still on him very creepy looking dead guy laying right in the middle of the room and again kind of like a little riddle thing they turn off their lamps figure out that they got to swim through some water to get to the other side and this is where they find the treasure room this is what they were looking for scarlet thought that she was looking for she found the room with the answer to her riddle and the stone that she thought she was looking for. So she pulls this stone off the wall. And as she does so, she realizes, well, all the gold over there, that's just a trap because everyone's going to come in here, grab that. And they're not going to grab the stone. She was just wanting the stone. All of the people that she was there with just wanted the loot. And they basically triggered a trap. The room collapses. And now they got to figure out what to do because they're essentially trapped in there. So once they are trapped, the as above, so below phrase comes into play. Scarlet actually says it herself. And that actually originates from the Lord's Prayer um, on earth as it is in heaven. That's kind of the Egyptian translation of it as above, uh, so below. I didn't even think so, about that, but yeah. Uh, 
that was from my research after I watched the movie, so I can't act like I knew that right away. But <laughs> um, a lot of religious undertones, and I'm going to get into that now. Basically, they start to talk about hell and how hell is described specifically in Dante's Inferno, the the layers of hell. I think it's what, seven or nine layers of hell, There's something like that. There's nine layers, and they're like nine. rings. There's like yeah. each, each level is a ring in hell, depending on how poor or how offensive your sins are. Yep. So basically they realize at this point, this is where their world kind of flips and they end up going to, they, they go deeper. I don't think they go through this. They don't go through a second well yet. They just end up at a, at a small little entranceway with the inscription that says, abandon all hope ye who enter here. And that is essentially the inscription on the gates to hell. So they realize that they're kind of entering hell. Metaphorically, they're still in the earth's tunnel and like digging through the earth type of deal. So it gets a little gray here. I'm not going to try to act like I know exactly what they're trying. The, you know, the director's trying to show us there, but that's the gist is they're entering hell in their own way. Um, once they go through there, they end up again in the same room. So they start to see the same stuff they've seen before in reverse order. They basically traverse the same path that they just did in reverse order, except they still go down when they get to the well, they get to another well, you know, clearly built around as a well, circular hole, all that, and they repel down that again. Now, once they do, I believe that is where, actually, before they go down that second well, they find Latope again, if I'm correct. Yeah, um, the Latope scene happens first. Yep. So as they're traversing back through the same area they've been through, they find Latope. Latope gets lost when they first trigger the trap in the treasure room. So they don't know what happens to him. They're just like, whatever. He was a crazy guy anyway. Well, as they're going back through, they see him in that same room. And he's just like standing there, not responding, breathing heavily, being a goofball. So the one girl, Susie, decides to go up to him to like try to see if he's all right and, you know, get him to say something. As she touches him, he just grabs her and bashes her head off the ground like three or four times and then just disappears again after that. So it was very that was the that was yeah. the extent of Susie in this movie. After we see her death, um, again, they're just going back through. They then come across that well, keep going down. And while the rest of the crew is down, Benji's the last one up there kind of manning the ropes. And you kind of see the creepy lady from the cult scene earlier. You see her walk by. Benji kind of cuts the camera over to her. You get a really nice jump scare that, you know, she pops up in the camera's face. It cuts down to the camera views below the people down there and you see Benji just fall right down this giant well and smack into the ground. And he is now dead as well. After we get Benji's death, they just kind of keep on forging ahead. They know shit is hitting the fan. Things are getting worse, but the only thing they could do is just keep going further into this nightmare. Um, they hear distant screaming ahead. And this is actually where pap kind of encounters his trauma. Whereas he sees a burning car, deep down underground with a, a man sitting inside of it. The man is like clearly on fire, but not reacting. He just kind of turns. Pap says like, no, it wasn't my fault. And then just gets like sucked into the, the burning car and that kind of disappears. And all you see left is his legs sticking out of the ground. So now Pap has essentially just been trapped into the ground and he has met his death. Um, As they kind of keep going further into hell, they see these really creepy looking figure in a black robe there's kind of a couple of what we see one at first and we see these faces and kind of hands in the wall almost 
uh, symbolizing people who are trapped in the walls of this kind of cave. Um, they kind of keep trying to get through there and George gets attacked by one of them, gets his throat basically slashed, but he's still alive. He's just bleeding. He's in rough shape and Scarlet kind of has an epiphany because as she tries to heal him with the stone, it doesn't work. And at this point I should probably mention earlier on Susie, before she dies, she gets hurt. She like breaks her arm and then Scarlet just takes this philosopher's stone and kind of like rubs it on her and she just gets healed magically. So kind of the eternal life aspect of it, you can see how this stone has powers and can make people live forever. Yeah. There's some magic in this, in this universe basically is the basically what I got out of the stone. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to kind of get your guys thoughts on that once I get through this in a second. So when George gets attacked, gets his throat slashed, He's down bad. She tries to heal him. This time it doesn't work because I think the reason why is they're in hell this time. But she basically realizes she has the wrong stone. Like she couldn't do it with the stone that she has. And she realizes she made a mistake in her interpretation of the, the riddle. So she has to go all the way back up to the original room where she found it in, put it back. And then at this point, I don't know exactly what the real stone is or what she figures out. But she has like a an epiphany and she's like, okay, I'm good now. So then she has to go all the way back down to where she left George and Zed, who are the only two left now down there. This time she's able to successfully heal George. And once he gets up, they just kind of keep running away from these creepy black robe figures. They get to a dead end, which is just another well in the ground. So big circular hole with no, and no bottom in sight. Like the other one, other ones, they could actually like drop down a rope or put a light down. And they can figure out where the bottom is this time. They can't even figure out where the bottom is and they don't know what to do other than just to jump. So they basically join hands together. They quickly kind of discuss their evils and their trauma. Like she, she asked George like why he felt so bad about his brother's drowning. Um, she talks quickly to Zed about like what his issue is, like you know, what does he need to get off his chest? And Zed says that he has a son that doesn't live with him. He try, basically denies that that is his son. So he probably had him and just let the mother take care of him, whatever it may be. So they've all kind of made amends now with their issues and they just take a leap of faith, jump in the hole. They kind of fall for a while and just cameras cut real quick. They cut, turn back on. They kind of crash down in this small little chamber and they look above them in the chamber they can see giant like hole they just jumped through but there's nothing else in there they don't know what to do and they realize below them there's actually a manhole and they keep trying to lift up the manhole to try to like get it up and out as you would think you would do they realize that they have to push it down and out and as they basically step through the manhole and go down through it they end up coming up back into the real world on a street you know where the manhole was opened so a really trippy scene where like you think that they were going down this whole time, but this last jump actually led them back up. And basically once they get uh, onto the street, you know, Zed kind of starts to wander off. I don't really know what that was supposed to symbolize, but they do a quick cut back to Scarlet and Benji before they even went in. And Scarlet says her whole quest was for the truth. All she wanted to find was the truth. And that's basically where the, the movie ends. So a lot to unpack there, guys. Um, somebody say something else so i can stop talking <laughs> i was gonna say she at the point where she has to return that the stone um i think she realizes that like after seeing what everyone else went through you have to own up to whatever happened in your past to be able to get through 
these different layers. So she realizes that's the answer. It's not the stone. And then at that point, once she goes back, she puts it back. She meets her dad again, who is, I think he kind of glanced over this, was hung. And she apologizes to him on the way down. And then he disappears. Yep. And then she kind of makes amends with George. And then right before they jump on that last layer of hell, um, they all kind of own up to what um, has gone on in their lives in order to get out. So that was kind of what I got out of it. Um, and it's kind of cool. You can match up. I'm looking up all these different. It matches up exactly to the the circles of hell and Dante's Inferno because that very last circle, the ninth circle, which is actually where Satan himself is supposed to live, um, is actually a frozen ice of lake is what it says in the in Dante's Inferno. And in that scene, when they're about to jump, you can see they're breathing. You can see like cold smoke coming out of their mouths, like um, almost as like it's winter. So I that's noticed supposed that. to symbolize the ninth yeah. circle. You can match up all these different. I mean, it's so there's so much detail in this movie, but um, you can match it up um, circle by circle of hell with different scenes in the movie, apparently. But it's a lot to unpack. I'm sure we're not going to cover it all, but I just thought that was cool to point out. Yeah, Toss, I'm glad you mentioned it, and I think I touched on it earlier, but yeah, there is a lot to be drawn from Dante's Inferno. I've never read that, or I don't know all about it. This movie actually kind of makes me want to look into it. It's probably weird as that sounds, yeah. because I'm sure that's a pretty morbid thing to to read into, or but it's also probably pretty interesting, too, very introspective type of stuff. So, yeah, it'd be... It'd be It'd be hard for me to kind of explain any further than that, but there's a lot of references to hell and also heaven and just kind of that type of religion. I will say that while I was working today, I just fucking read the entire Dante's Inferno. I literally just had a bunch of downtime (laughs) and I was, I read the Wikipedia. I shouldn't say I read Dante's Inferno. I read the Wikipedia summary of Dante's Inferno. I was going to say. They go ring by ring and they (laughs) explain everything. And I think like they don't exactly like, hit every single ring but i think they kind of take a lot of the, the ways close. yeah they take a lot of ways in which they transport to the next one in in dante's inferno the way you get from one ring to the next at least twice they mentioned that you have to go down a well so that's very telling and i actually thought that's really cool i didn't catch that that they're that they were like breathing like cold air in that last scene yeah i was trying to I, figure I out that. how yeah. that ninth ring comes into play and that's kind of how they did it I didn't know that either. The ninth circle is like contrary to belief. Everyone thinks of Satan and hell as fire, but that ninth layer is actually a total frozen. Yeah, I didn't know that. Supposed to be in. I, I did not know that's how Dante's weird depicted weird it. To think about. Well, uh, another one too. Uh, the first layer of hell is called Limbo, and that's where our boy Latope. Oh yeah, well, that's actually Latope. pretty cool too. So I Latope believe that is that actually Cole and Latope are both in limbo. That's supposed to be the first circle. Yep. So, if you'll let me explain, limbo is basically where you have you're not bad enough to go into hell, but you're not good enough to go into heaven. So I, it's but it's more so the aspect of you're not good enough to go into heaven. So it's not like. You're just like nothing. It's like not like a purgatory thing. It's like since you didn't make it into heaven, you have to go to hell, but you're stuck in limbo. So it's like the easiest layer of hell. So that's why you see Latope and he kind of doesn't really talk much. He's kind of just stuck there. He doesn't know what to do. Um, so I did like that one. And also, John, I'm going to sidetrack us a little bit here, but the, the Smiling <laughs> Friends episode yeah. where Charlie goes to hell. Oh, 
Yeah, you do remember we meet Peyton. He's that's in a frozen great. lake. Yeah, but right? that's because he lost his mojo. Yep. But I guess I guess <laughs> right. that is There's similar. A reason why. But they show they show Satan in a frozen lake. Good point. Yep. Good point. The smiling friends got it right. <laughs> I will also. I kind of want your guys' opinion on this. Um, I I think that a lot of this movie is like the central concept of this movie is the best part about it. Do you guys agree with it? Like the the idea of like the Dante's Inferno is the coolest part about this, or do you guys think something else is better? No, I definitely think that's the best part that is built around it. You can match it up. Yeah, I just think so. I think if had I known all that is going into the movie and rewatching it, it would have made the movie even more interesting. Oh, we just there lost Chris. Yep, I, I for sure missed a lot of stuff, and um, having it be a first watch, I, I'm i definitely intrigued at a second watch, which is great. Um, I think, so here's, I don't know if I want to get too far into this right now, instead of if we want to keep going into plot details, but I will say, like, the one thing that I couldn't help but notice about this movie is that I think, like, the progression of events, particularly in the first part of the movie, is super clunky. Like the introduction of George, um, meeting Latope and and Pap, or sorry, not meeting Latope, meeting Pap. Like just some kid told them to go find uh, him at the club. That kid never shows up again. We don't know who the hell that kid was. That's like, also a kid in Limbo. Oh, it, did he show back up in Limbo? Yeah, he never showed back up, but he's supposed. Oh, to be in Limbo. okay. Okay. It's well that might partially explain it, but I just felt that like some of the some of the dialogue too was just super clunky. Like I don't Yeah. I I, I'll say like it wasn't perfect and I think like the script itself, like for sure had some issues in terms of like finding out like her just being willing to just like deface and like take off an artifact on the museum wall and then put like cover it with like acid in the early part of the movie. Like this main character for me, almost single-handedly will lose it a single star in, in my score because this was like the most frustrating, stupid, but at the same time, like just like I don't know. She was she's not dumb intellectually. She's very she's supposed to be very smart, but she acts like a complete idiot. And um, I I really wanted her to get punished, and it seemed like out of everybody, she didn't get punished. That was kind of like my lone like grievance with this movie. I'm just curious, what did you guys think about Scarlet? Because I I couldn't fucking stand her like after the opening scene. John, I'm I'm glad you brought up that take on her because I never really thought like that about her. I can see how she's frustrating. She's definitely reckless. You know, she's not stupid, but she's extremely reckless with her actions, especially when they talk about Iran. Like she, the movie opens with her in Iran, and she's like says on camera, like I could be, you know buried alive and knocked over the head with a rock or something for, for trespassing here. Like she understands your consequences, but she does it anyway, all in the pursuit of like her father's study to find this philosopher's stone. And they do a good enough job of like making a pretty rock solid backstory of why she's doing this and like what, what all of it means. But at the same time, like (laughs) it's just a bunch of bullshit where she's like in Iran and then she's all of a sudden back in Paris. And then she's, knows this guy George and all that stuff. So yeah, I could see how the first act doesn't really do it for you. Yeah, I I don't know what specifically was the director's if if she was supposed to be sympathetic or not or 
I think she was. I think that's why you get the whole backstory with her dad. And she's very committed to finishing her father's work. And she's a bit obsessive in like she got George in trouble and sent him to jail before. Um, her, I will, I don't think there's any defending her, whatever, like sort of like romance, romantic interest with George to me, didn't, it was not necessary. I felt like that was a lot of, uh, that was kind of just shoehorned in there. Um, the character of Susie was like you said earlier, Chris, completely pointless in the scheme of things, to be honest with you. She existed to get curb stomped by La Taupe, which I will say was fantastic, but um, I will say that in general, like I found that her, like just a couple of the characters in like the script just was like baffling to me at times, but I was really able to kind of put that aside and just like appreciate the, the, the use of found footage was like the best I've ever seen it, to be honest, other than maybe one other movie that I've seen. Um, I found like that was wow. particularly effective in this movie with the claustrophobia combined with the fact that these are, these are head cams was super dope. Um, I found that it was actually pretty scary, like at times where you couldn't, you didn't exactly know where you were going and like they didn't either. And I felt like they, they acted well enough to the point where I could believe their, you know, all of their confusion and like irrationalness was kind of earned. I feel like with the way that they, a couple of the events of the movie happened, but um, yeah, for me, I felt like this was like very solid in terms of like, we have a core concept and we're going to execute it. Those two pieces were fantastic. The writing, I don't know if it was as fantastic, but I'm glad. I just wanted to clarify that you guys thought that the, the health, the whole catacombs and health setting was like particularly interesting and i'm surprised no one's really done it yet so anyways i've that's my kind of spiel on my general thoughts no i just i mean i've never seen a movie like this with kind of like the the setting i thought that was probably the best thing i had going for it those catacombs continuing to go down was just a, a very unique setting and i thought it played for the movie very well i agree with what you said about scarlet i mean i just thought it was just a little bit like not very believable with the things that they had her do at the beginning of the movie. It was just very cheesy in my opinion between breaking into the museum and then like how she met up with George broke into a church, stuff like that. I just thought it was stupid, but once it got to, I would say like the second half of the movie, once they entered the catacombs, everything from there I thought was, was great. So that's kind of where I stand with Scarlet, the plot. I thought just the, the catacombs itself was such a unique um, kind of, spot for a movie it was really good yep i've got a couple of fun facts on the catacombs themselves but basically this is the first film production that was ever approved by the french government to film in the catacombs which i think that they uh they did it justice by having that honor so um i found that to be very interesting i i've got nothing else that i've got to say before i i give my spiel at the end with my score but do you guys want to get into some of our favorite scenes sure um yeah, I, I, it's very difficult. Um, I actually might need a second because I for sure had a couple other plot points that I kind of just wanted some clarification on maybe that you guys picked up on. Is it right if we do that, Chris? So right away, um, I was like just in general, just kind of confused as to what what purpose was Benji in the it, like to Scarlet, which is he just like a student working underneath her that's just filming this exploration? 
Okay. So here is one thing from the spooky trivia. While no backstory is given on to Benji, it could be deduced by how he died. While waiting to climb down the rope, Benji is on the eighth floor, with her eighth ring, which in Dante's Inferno would be the eighth circle of hell, called Fraud. He's pushed down the hole by a woman holding a baby, killing him instantly when he lands on the ninth floor. It's possible that he had a wife or girlfriend who had a child that either betrayed or deceived, oh. that he be- betrayed okay. or deceived, which would explain his death. So in terms of his relationship to Scarlet, they don't really get into that. Like I, I've, I've kind of been curious about that myself as to, you know, he was never the love interest with her. You know, was he also just interested in the alchemy, archaeology stuff? Maybe he was a student in the same class as her. But um, that is kind of his backstory in terms of why he, he, he died the way he did. But I would agree. They don't really go into that. They kind of just say, like, oh, he's the cameraman. You know, they kind of play that off and have him die in a semi-interesting way with a pretty good jump scare. But I would agree they kind of lack okay. a little bit in his All plot. Right. That helps me a little bit. Um, what else you got? I think a lot of this has to do with the with the with the Dante's Inferno references that just seemed slightly out of place in reality. But I'm willing to excuse those things if they have a, 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 a true reason sure. based in reality. Um, when when Pat gets just obliterated in that car, whatever ended up happening to him when he just gets like buried head down, I know for a fact that is also a punishment in one of the Rings of Hell. So I'm certain it that is. that it's was the feet sticking up out of the ground. Yeah, I, I read know that one. I watched I watched a video on it. I just don't remember. Yep. I'm going to try to look it up. Yeah, I imagine they were pretty deep because it was towards the end of the movie. And it seems like there's a correlation between the early events happening in the first couple rings. The All right. So maybe there's some clarification on the Crusader as well. Like that dude was random as fuck. He was great. Like he scared the shit out of me. Like I didn't. It was scary in that he didn't do anything because I was expecting him to just jump up and scare them at some random point, you know, when they came back through the the uh, the reverse, right? The the mirror dimension. Uh, real, real, let me actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back to to Pat being buried like that. They just left that motherfucker. Like- they wasted no time just running the fuck away from the Pat after they tried to like resuscitate each one of their friends and mostly to no avail. It, it just. It dawned on me. It was pretty funny that they were just like, all right, well, he's fucking buried. Like, just leave. They tried to pull him out and they were like, oh, no, I'll just leave him. They were like, they kind of played it off as if they're too scared to know well, what's going on. But you kind of have Zed who like is the one who tries the most to save him. And the other two, Scarlett and so George, they, they kind of, I could tell like they kind of didn't care for him from the beginning. So they were ready to just, you know, move on right away. Okay. Zed tried a little bit. All right. I'm willing to excuse that. And then uh, this is my last point that I just kind of wanted just a little bit of clarification. Um, I'm assuming that Susie died to Latope. Latope being in that ring of hell is kind of surprising to me because he was in purgatory and like he got brought down there kind of as he was being a guide. But then he became like possessed somehow when he went when they crossed back over maybe that's just like an imposter version of latope that just you know absolutely annihilated susie's head but i'm assuming that's maybe true. this i don't know where that fits in no i'm assuming her punishment it like the reason that happened to her is because she left latope down there all those years ago and i was curious as to why like th- like the pap also like left him down there so it seemed I think I kind of answered it basically because we're talking about how there's different punishments for different crimes and stuff like that. It seems as though Susie's crime, even though she has no character, it was just that she left Latope down there. So I think I answered that own question myself. And Pap um, was 
yep. the the kid in the that actually water. is that's oh, basically what the okay. spooky trivia says. All right. Well, yeah. I th- yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still very cloudy though. Like they don't they don't go into it in the movie at all. So it's kind of all just guesswork here. All my notes that I have right now are basically like, what is with this cult and these women? Like they they showed that woman walking outside the club. Uh, they showed her chanting down there, and they showed her pushing Benji down the. I'm assuming that was her. Um, that has to be purgatory, like you were touching on earlier. So. Um, there's another thing from the spooky trivia. When they first enter that secret tunnel, they become across an altar room, red candlelight, various naked women. And what they say here, and again, this is guesswork. They say possibly a manifestation of Benji's deceived reoccurring ex-partner, the mother of potentially his child. So they're saying maybe part of that, what they're seeing in the cult is part of like Benji's backstory of like why he's there and what his sins were. So that kind of might more be related to him than. Okay. All right. I'm glad we touched on those before I gave my scene. Um, I still think I'm going to take a minute because I got three circled right now and I just got to brainstorm why. So if you guys want to rip one or two off prime candidates, have at them. No, I'm definitely ready to rip. So honorable mentions, we'll start there. Um, So as the crew is getting ready to go down to the catacombs, they're basically in – Papillon's van. He's got all this like climbing gear, you know, headlamps, all the all that good stuff. And Zed just decides to give his impression oh, that was of fucking, Robert De Niro. For that no was reason. so funny. I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was so he, he did a pretty good impression too. Like he made the face. Yeah, and that was a massive Giuseppe so, moment, though, Chris. That's that not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. Sure. We'll get there. We'll get there. So that was a good comic relief. There wasn't too much comic relief in this movie. Um, so really the rest of mine are going to be on the spooky side. I love the jump scare you get where right before Benji dies and he, when he kind of gets knocked down the well, that one, it, it got me basically four times, all four times I watched the movie. It gets me Latope bashing fucking Susie's head into the ground is really good. Honestly, though, I, for my favorite scene, I'm going to have to go with the scenes that involve the black robed figures and more so like the first time you kind of see him, he's, he's sitting there in a chair. And I don't know if you guys picked up on this. It took me until I read the spooky trivia. That is actually supposed to be like the devil or Satan himself. Like the only, um, yeah, I was honestly thinking that because I'm like, this dude has to fit in somehow into Dante's Inferno. And I was thinking he was towards the, the end. That has to be, their version so the you only see his face for a split second. It's like a disfigured face of a baby almost. And you don't see any faces of the other black robed figures. But just the way they kind of introduce him, you see him walk across the hallway and then they kind of hide and they go back that way. You see him sitting in a rocking chair, just kind of waiting. They kind of skirt by him behind him. All of a sudden he turns. Like The amount of suspense in those couple of minutes, um, and that's racy before – Scarlet yeah. realizes that she's got the wrong stone. She's got to basically do the whole thing over again, go back and get the right one. Like, I, I just really like the suspense they build during that. So I'm going to go with the the Satan scene. Did, did you notice, too, I was going to say for that, Chris, the sounds that Black Road figure was making. It was making, like, wheezing sounds. Like, it was just absolutely was terrifying. Yep. So that is what I'm going to pick. I will save some more honorable mentions to the end in case you guys pick them. So, I don't know, John, you've had an opportunity here to think or saw you got one ready to rip. Well, John already mentioned one of the ones that is up there for my favorite, but I thought they did an incredible job with the the claustrophobia aspect of Benji. 
especially for my first watch on top of the claustrophobia aspect. I also thought that something was coming there. They, they had you on edge. He does a good job. I think of freaking out just extremely uncomfortable scene. And then on top of that, I thought while I was watching this movie, I was kind of on edge. I thought something was for sure jump scaring me or something's going to happen. The cave ends up collapsing. But in that moment, I thought a lot more was coming there. It was pretty fucking terrifying. So I'm going to put that scene up there for one of the one of my favorites. I thought that was a really well done scene. Nice. Excellent selection. Um, I will say that those two were the two scenes I was going back and forth oh. from. So I believe I fucked myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but I will give Chris, you also called out like a pretty incredible scene. I won't. I, I, I don't want to even put this as my favorite, but it, I just want to recognize it as a very good scene where Susie just gets obliterated by Latope. Like I just enjoyed watching Latope do his thing in this movie. And um, I actually really enjoyed how Latope kind of is introduced as a ghost and it's not on the nose at all. Like he just kind of moves very fast and they have to catch yep. up to him at times where the way they edited the movie is actually really cool. And I don't, I think Maybe it's used in other movies before, but for some reason, like the way they used Latope, it was not like he wasn't fucking floating through walls and shit. Like I enjoyed the fact that, you know, you recognize that he's dead. Um, They told you that he died and he's kind of leading this whole thing. And it it kind of every scene that he's in, I'm just waiting for him and they keep showing him. I'm like, I'm waiting for this dude to like do something like out of like out of this realm. So I actually thought like his addition as a character was pretty cool, even though he's just a weird fucking looking mole man. Um, I will say that, um, I kind of enjoyed a lot of just the, the general scenes where nothing is particularly happening, but the suspense, Chris, you alluded to it with the, like through the webcam, they like managed it super well and they didn't rush a lot of jump scares. Everything was pretty earned. The suspense was just right. It kind of reminded me a lot of how smile executed on their jump scares where, like, yes, you realize, like, when Benji falls down the well, like, it was kind of, you could feel it coming, and it happened, and it's like, all right, but that was still pretty enjoyable, though. Like, I thought that yep. was pretty cool. Um, Just to give, I just to pick, like, a, a favorite scene, though, it's so difficult. I will probably just give it a, a general, a general scene of um when they introduced to the, to the devil. Like, I think the movie took a considerable step up in tone once they descended down. And even just when they descended down, like when I believe it was Scarlet that went first, but they see the inscription along the top, like they saw it for one time already when they went into the catacombs, but then they saw it again down the well, if I'm not mistaken. I thought that was super dope. I thought the, the, what they did with the as above, so below painting when it flips in the other dimension was all like really fucking cool stuff. It's hard to say one's better than the rest. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the scene where they go into the tunnel with the, with the actual devil. I guess you could call that the ninth ring of hell. Uh, I thought that that was pretty cool. I think they still could have maybe made it a bit scarier or at least sort of communicated that, that, that was indeed mm-hmm. Satan instead of just, you know, a ghoul just fucking lurking in the caves. Um, yeah. I, I overall like very, I'm, you guys are on the note. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's hard to pick a favorite scene. They're all kind of on the same level. So It's a good problem to have. I would say a couple other honorable mentions for me. (laughs) Right actually short after the Robert De Niro impression is when they enter the catacombs. And then like they kind of get chased in there by the cops. And just for no fucking reason, 
Pap decides to throw a smoke bomb to cover their trail. And that one just made me laugh too. Like, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> it made no sense. It just made me laugh. No. Uh, like, why does he have yeah. smoke bombs for going into an un- a deserted cave? Yeah, but one of the last things you want to bring into a cave is a smoke bomb. Um, <laughs> I actually, I really like the ending, especially the first time I watch it. Like, not even those, not so much like the leap of faith part of it where they kind of escape, but when they exit it out through the manhole onto the streets, because I was kind of so mind fucked the first time that I didn't know what to think. I was like, are they in like another world now? Like, is this like the upside down, like stranger things? That obviously wasn't a thing back then, but I really liked the ending because it just kind of, it didn't answer a lot for me. And I liked it at the time. Now, after learning more about it and you know, the whole Dante's Inferno stuff, it, it makes sense. And you know, we can kind of discuss the theory, but I'm, I, I kind of do believe now they just end up back in the real world, like where they're supposed to be. Nothing too special about that. And then. I have a yeah. question about that though, Chris, I'm assuming they started off in Paris. They went all the way through hell. Are they on a total? They're not in Paris anymore, right? No, or was that back in Paris or was that like straight through the earth to the other side of the earth? No, somewhere my random? interpretation is they basically went down to the center of the earth through the ninth layer of hell and then straight back up the way they came. Not, not like a full pass through. Okay. I was kind of thinking that they went down to hell and then they are exiting through the exact opposite end of the earth the other way. But that's not no, the case. If, I, if I could like look at the architecture, because they show like a, a building, like a church in the background and like a park. It did look, yeah, it looked like, like Paris. Paris. So I'm going to assume it's Paris. But I wasn't yeah. for certain, so... I think it was Paris, but I think your theory, I didn't even think of that. So this is actually pretty interesting. They went down into hell and then it would make sense why the manhole pops out the way it does. It was flipped upside down. They had to push down on it as if they're like on the opposite end of the the earth. Right. I don't know though. I didn't do any research into that. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. I mean, there's, there's still so much that I've, you know, haven't even said yet with spooky trivia it's just gonna be one another one of those like go on imdb check it out yourself because there's a ton of like fan fiction fan theory all that type of stuff and just different ways you can kind of look at the movie but there is that general consensus of like how each one of their actions and the, the different areas they end up in relate to dante's inferno and the the rings of hell um anything else you guys want to try to clear up or air out before we give out some scores here or do you want to do Maybe villain and Giuseppe first, real quick. Yeah, let's 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 name let's name our villain and Giuseppe here. Okay, because let's do villain because it's not very clear in this one. It's uh, it's kind of, it's up it's up for interpretation. So I'll go ahead and say our villain could be the devil, Satan himself. You know, kind of a little Black Philip maybe made his appearance in this movie. Who else can you nominate? Um, is it Latope? Yeah, I was just thinking Latope, but he is kind of just like a uh, victim, like he's just a ghost that's been mining and forgotten, and then he, whatever ends up happening to him to make him destroy Susie like that. I don't know if that was him or or what that was all about, but it's still interesting. Um, yep. I wouldn't say he's the villain. Um, I would say Scarlet's the villain because she's so fucking annoying and she sort of lures these people to their death, sort of promising them treasure when, um, they like, if you remember the reason she even gets the pap to show them what, what's going on is that there's promise of treasure. Like at no point did I believe Scarlet was ever going to give them treasure. 
Um, and they obviously they go into the gold room and it's like fake, like, you know, it's a booby trap essentially. But um, I don't know. She was so fucking annoying and she advances the plot so clunkily, in my opinion, that uh, she's my personal villain. Like, I, was like gonna say, I, hate this, sounds, I hate this character. It sounded a little personal. So, but yeah. to your point, I think there is some merit to her being the villain and the fact that this was all her idea and her father's work as well that led her down this path. Both of them were yeah, basically that's that would be obsessed. her path to being the villain, basically yep. for luring these um, other people. She yeah. also has no regard for the three people she meets in Paris. She shows some sympathy and some you know, affection towards George. She obviously had a past with him. And then with Benji as well, she seemed to genuinely care when he was in trouble and when he ultimately died. But you also could tell she basically didn't care at all about Susie, Zed, or, you know, Pat at the end of the day. She was fine with moving on from them very quickly after their deaths or after whatever. No, she, she mostly just wanted to finish her father's work. And I feel like even in the end, she only changed her her vibe because she figured out the way that I get out of here is if I go return this stone, like she is brave, like, or just, you know, but it's hard to call something brave when she just, you know, dives right into underwater holes in, in a tunnel 300 feet deep. Like I wouldn't call that brave. She's just obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. She's obsessed and reckless. What do you think sauce? Uh, I agree with the devil. I think you could just, this isn't a person, but you could just make an overall argument for like repentance. Everyone there was felt responsible for something that they did that caused them to go down there. And um, I don't know. What do you guys think of that argument? I mean, you, it's not really a person. It's you, just a concept. You're kind of saying that the, the, the villain here is sin or sinners, right? That's kind sin. of why they all ended up yep. there. Sin, repent, repentance. Yep. Um, which is what caused all of this, caused him to go down there. So, I don't know. It, it's tough. This is my overall thoughts. Yeah, it, it's kind it's of a, this is a very one. difficult one. Why you can kind of convince me any which way. All right, let's let's do it this way then. Let's kind of narrow our options to two and choose from them. Do we want to just say, like, the devil and Satan and sin are kind of all one collective idea, and kind of yeah, put that I think it would fall under under being punished as a sinner. Like yep, all three yeah. of those ideas have that in common. So you've got that, or you would have a more earthly villain, such as Scarlet or any of the other characters or kind of people that were present in the movie. I don't know if they can make a strong enough case to really make Scarlet the villain, just because she's technically our antagonist. I'm sorry, protagonist, but you know, John, you seem to think otherwise. So she's an I- anti-hero. There you go. That's one way to look at it. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's necessarily a villain because there's anti-heroes no, and the movie's not trying to frame her as a villain. No. So I'm going to put my my vote in for Satan, the devil, sin, kind of that type of concept, and we'll find a better way to word it. But that's what yeah. I'm going to say. Yep. Yeah. I'm that's, cool. That's I'm my cool vote too. That. Right. When I think of that movie, that's what I think about. If there's going to be any villains, so. We'll put a pin in that and figure out how to list that on our own records. But that is our villain for today's movie. Now, a more lighthearted debate, you could say, would be our Giuseppe of the movie. We've got a couple of choices here as well. So um, the easy one right off the bat is going to be Latope. He checks almost all the boxes for being a Giuseppe. Um, I'll let you guys talk about him. But my other recommendation would be Zed. 
he is the other male character. We typically do a male Giuseppe. Doesn't have to be. Susie could be a Giuseppe, but she's so useless that she cannot be. And right. even Benji, he would be like my third third option, I would say. But I don't know if I can make too strong of a case for him. So I'm going to say it's between Zed or Latope. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it's between those two. I wish there was – neither of them are very that strong, in, in my personal opinion. Um, I think they just – we just don't get any Giuseppe moments. Like you were saying, Chris, this is kind of uh, – it's very short on humor, um, particularly no, from the second and third act. Movie. Yeah, there's there's hardly any joking around going on in the second and third act. Um, and then even the resolution of it is kind of like just uh, – there's nothing – there's no time to really like process – you as an audience don't spend any time. They just get out and that's it. Like they made it out. Um, so I would, I was going to say Zed for his De Niro. When I first watched it, I was going to say Zed because he had his De Niro impression. They just kind of like slap on this little shit about him, like having a kid and a wife right before he jumps down a well, which I thought yep. was completely <laughs> not backed up by any sort of previous scene. Like, you know, you didn't learn anything about this guy. You just kind of like, he's like, yeah, I left my wife. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> this fucking guy. And like, I couldn't believe that he made it the whole, he survived of all of everybody. Like he was just a really random motherfucker to survive, which is kind of a just, yeah, they didn't moment. really play much about Zed. We don't really no. know much about him. He just, he's, you know, he's a climber. He has a De Niro impression and he, uh, he left his wife. Um, so his character is kind of a Giuseppe in that, like, there's just little developing. That Latope looks like a Giuseppe, and I I would say that he almost is too integral compared to Zed. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Zed here, Chris. Basically, is what I'm getting at because I feel like Latope is sort of one of those like he's important for the Dante's Inferno connection, and not just for him, but for Susie, Susie, Sussy, whatever her name is. Um, I feel like all three, all three male characters, including, uh, sorry, Benji, not George. George is a a bit more important, but all of them don't really have enough of a character to really say that they're a Giuseppe, but my, my vote would be for, for Zed plus his name. Yep. That is a good Giuseppe name sauce. Um, let me hear your thoughts and I think I'll break the tie. All right. I, I'm going to go for Zed as well, just because one of the only comedy acts of the the movie, the De Niro impression. Um, I mean, other than that, he doesn't play really any role at all. Just kind of that random, I left my wife at the end. Um, I don't know. And then uh, Latope, we were debating for the villain of the movie, so I don't really feel like... Yeah, it's hard to call Giuseppe a, for a Giuseppe. villain. Yeah, so I feel like he just doesn't fit. So I'll go with that as well. Well, I guess I don't have to break any tie. I'll give my <laughs> final two cents on it, though. And not just to be the contrarian, I think I still will go with Latope as, like, my formal vote because after seeing it enough times, like, he's just so funny to me. Like, especially the first time he shows up, like, kind of how goofy and he, he kind of talks and he acts. Like, he doesn't yeah. act. Like, he was like, oh, you never came looking for me. But then he's like, come, follow me and stuff like yeah. that. And the way, the way he just bashes Susie's head in it, it, it kind of it, it's still very effective on me but it's also I can't help but drive a little bit of humor out of it now because of the amount of times I've seen the movie yeah Plus, 
<laughs> you get I Zed. It was funny too. Zed is basically he ends up just being like the backup cameraman. Like Benji dies, they're like, "Here, Zed, hold the camera," and he just becomes yep. the cameraman, which I think is a very yeah. deceptive thing to do in a found footage movie. Just become the cameraman. So I'm they, definitely they okay are with kind of uh, they are kind of like just two iterations of the same Giuseppe. Like yeah. they're both just Frenchmen that are there to show them show them around. And uh, yeah, Pap just has a little more lines, to be honest. Zed easily could have had that role. There's nothing stopping Zed from being the Pap. Yeah. He just fucking signs his name, and Zed doesn't. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty tight for me. You could you could probably sway me on on a Tuesday as opposed to a Thursday. That it's <laughs> that it's uh, La Taupe. Plus his name is La Taupe. Yeah, and he was descri- he was introduced as this dude that just fucking lived in the lived in the fucking catacombs which is just bizarre <laughs> like he just didn't want to come out so uh yeah i think we can nab- i think we can nab um zed but holy shit like latope was basically right right step for step with him there i would say yeah. if not for the narrow impression i think it becomes latope pretty easy in my oh, mind yeah. but the narrow puts him right over the edge it's so funny we should make that the uh the thumbnail picture is him doing the De Niro impression for the. <laughs> oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> There's some other good ones we could choose from, I'm sure. But um, that is our Giuseppe of the movie, Mr. Zed, one of the three survivors. So I, that is kind of almost like a, a plot twist that he actually survives the whole time. You think, all right, when they're going to kill this guy, and he just makes yeah. it out with them. And I then, was ready you know, for him to go first. Yeah, and then they get out, and he just starts like like George and Scarlett are kind of hugging. And he just kind of like wanders off. Like yeah, to, it's so puts weird. Puts his hands on his head. Yeah. Like in disbelief and kind of just wanders around. <laughs> so that's that's enough of Zeddy boy. That's uh <laughs> that's everything now except for some scores and you know putting this thing to bed. So would you like me to lead off and try to give it a more positive review so that way John can pick up on the positive vibes and give it a better score? <laughs> that works for me. I'll go last. Let's make John go right in the middle. There we go. John sandwich here today for you folks. Um, you can probably already guess I'm going to give this a good score, so I'm not going to go really too far into my thoughts. I've talked enough today. What I really like about this movie is actually some of the historical and not even like the Dante's Inferno part, but the actual like Knights Templar and how uh, it seems pretty realistic for the most part. Like I don't really like to talk about realism with movies, but when a lot of the backstory is grounded in reality. I like that, especially with like ancient history, stuff like that, where there's a little bit of supernatural that is still present in some of the real life theories. Like that kind of piques my interest. So I like that a lot about it. Of course, it found footage. I love that. And the way that they kind of instill the growing fear that these characters are going through, it, it really hit home for me the first couple of times I watched this. The first time I watched it, was with a couple of females, one of them that I was dating at the time and some other ones. Like we were all just truly like hiding behind our hands kind of as they got deeper and deeper in there because it was so just unsettling how the fact that they're so deep underground, they cannot go back. And the only way for them to get through this is to just make it worse. You know, you got to keep going deeper and it, it just kind of really goes like it hits home for me like in some real type of psychological fears and they throw in there, you know, these people had their past traumas and stuff like that, that you got to overcome as well. That seems like something we've seen in some other movies we've talked about on this, on the show here, but 
you know, overall, this movie checks a lot of boxes for me. Some good scares. Not a lot of comic relief. That's kind of one of the only things that I would say I don't like. And at the same time, for being an hour and a half, the first act is kind of a slow burn. And even like the... They get in the catacombs and it kind of takes off pretty quickly, but there's some stuff in the beginning that you kind of are like, you don't really know what's going on. It doesn't really have as much of an effect until you maybe watch it again. Another thing I like about this movie, I think there's a lot of rewatchability to it. So I recommend anybody who watches it to watch it again or just at least go online and try to find something that they didn't notice during their watch and maybe learn something. This movie is going to be my new highest rated movie. It's a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is better than Saw Uno. Whoa. Can you agree with that, John? This is better than Saw. Oh my. Uh yeah. Oh yeah. This is le- this is light years ahead of Saw in my book. This is <laughs> this is not even on in the same the ring of hell as Saw. <laughs> Saw is like the not first even ring in of limbo. hell. This is yeah, it's like Saw Saw is probably like the first ring of hell. <laughs> Based on that's kind story. of how I felt watching it too. That I was in the first ring of hell. <laughs> <laughs> we should make that our new scale. Our new scoring is just rings of hell. We're gonna put this movie yeah. in the fifth ring of hell. You know, pretty so good. So hereditary's in the ninth <laughs> ring of hell, in my opinion. Yes. If we have this correct, it's in a frozen lake. Yes. Um. Interesting, Chris. So, what what about this? makes it the best that you've watched so far is it the, is it the scares or is it the story or like what the concept what about the execution um so part all of them together why, part of the reason why saw has been so high on my list it does have that nostalgia factor one of the early on scary movies for me so this movie does check that box is one of the first ones i watched first ones i really enjoyed and got a chance to understand a little bit better one of the first ones that i've watched over several times now um i with most movies i typically don't watch them more than once maybe twice if i really like it but this movie i will put it on and have no issue with it because i feel like i find out something new or notice something new every time i already kind of know a lot about this movie um and it is kind of the unique concept of being in the paris catacombs and the fact that they keep going deeper and just the whole premise of the knights templar alchemy like all that stuff just really kind of interests me for some reason so i like kind of having that real world real world tie-in into the movie so that's that's why i like it so much cool all right i i think that's very i think everything you say is correct like i i can see where you're coming from on on a lot of those aspects um i'm happy that it's not saw anymore i i didn't think that would see the day to be honest with you but um i'm i'm so glad this won the poll for that reason alone so um i will go second um so I like I I mostly think that this is a, a a very good like worthy like horror movie in the world of found footage. Um, I think it's either the best or the second best example of horror horror in this like little subgenre that we have with found footage. Even though it's not necessarily like a like a camcorder. I mean, at times it's like the, a bulky camera or it's like an interview, but just the use of the head cam was super like it lended itself so well with the catacombs and like just going down a well. Like if I just saw like a director's, you know, dolly cam of these people doing this shit, um, I don't think it would be nearly as good. Um, so I give a lot of credit for the actual execution of once we get inside the catacombs. Um, the first act was 
a, a fucking drag for me. I had I was like actually pretty disappointed in the first act. I thought the scene in Iran was dope for what it was. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. I'm intrigued here. We're talking about you know Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and Nicholas Flamel, but that's okay. <laughs> um, let's see where it goes. And um, you know, then we met we met this we met this dude who's like clearly some sort of romantic interest and. Then all of a sudden, this chick Scarlet just goes balls. Well, she already did. She got introduced right away. She's just breaking laws. She has no regard for any legal or spiritual consequences for her actions trying to finish her father's work. Um, she single-handed, like I said earlier, she's going to drop this. My The score I was going to give it a full point because of how stupid this character was with Scarlet. And the actress didn't even do a terrible job. I just really hate the way that they screen wrote for this character and made her the main one. I wish we would have went a different route if we had George as the main character and sort of uh, followed like his path with his, you know, brother that had died previously. I think that would have been an actually a more tolerable uh, watch or experience with this movie. Um, the Dante's Inferno concept is very cool. And I'm, I'm always like delighted when I just miss a lot of stuff on a first watch and I, I can, we can talk about it here and go back and rewatch it. And it kind of gives a lot of the things that I had questions about. A lot of my grievances were kind of with what is with this cult? What is with like everything that kind of happens in the world of Dante's Inferno? And it makes a lot of sense once you culturally kind of call it back to that original story, which it's very influential. It's like a very interesting, like I, today when I was reading about Dante's Inferno, I was very intrigued as to like, how this dude came up with all these concepts. So I think that in general gives it a lot of almost all of the credibility. The setting was awesome in the catacombs. I'm glad they actually shot it for real in there because it was super convinced. I was going to say the set design was pretty incredible in this movie. Um, I'm just going to make one last quick note here. Actually, I'm just going to read off a couple of notes because I had some funny shit in here. Um, so... <laughs> The dude on the slab in the, in the in the Templar's outfit, I'm like, I wrote down, this movie's either going to get fucking terrible or really good once we saw that dude, because he did not fit anything that they had been talking about previously. And I think they actually did it very well. Now I'm curious as to like maybe what that could possibly represent based on Dante's Inferno. Um, I thought the stone healing was okay, like not necessarily under, like in the, in the realm of of like the magical and the supernatural, it makes sense. But I'm like, yeah, I don't really know about this. But then again, like they go through a, a well and shit, random shit happens where they start just being on the other side or a mirror dimension. So I'm definitely willing to excuse that. I was kind of upset. They just left pap with his feet up. Like I imagine there was an unrated cut somewhere where his dick and balls are just right above the, the slab, just out, just out and about. And, uh, I'm, I'm kind of denied. We were denied that. Um, I thought the goblins were kind of cool at the end. I, I, it might be Satan, but I called him the goblin in my notes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wrote very weird ending saying that she wants the truth, not financial gain. But I think that actually says quite a bit about her being able to escape in the first place because she basically is doing a very like one-to-one Dante's Inferno reference that she doesn't belong in hell because she went back, returned the stone that wasn't hers and tried to save the people around her. So there was there was some redemption there, and I think it makes a little more sense that she was she was able to escape hell because she she sort of showed showed remorse for her actions, and she only was interested in finishing her father's work. She wasn't really going after the stone for 
or any sort of treasure. So I think that's actually pretty cool now that I think about it. I think I've learned quite a bit about this. Like, I'm glad that we talked about it. And I'm definitely bumping up my score from when I wrote down when I finished it last night. Um, nice. And, and lastly, the, the, the ending, uh, the purpose, like the, the overall message wasn't defined particularly well by them escaping. And I kind of like it open-ended like that. I don't like it being shoved in my face that, you know, the meaning was for her to forgive the whole time that the, like you were saying earlier, Chris, the open-ended ending was kind of cool. And like sauce, you made an interesting point too, about, you know, it could have also made sense that they just tunneled all their way, all the way through and they're coming out someplace completely different. Um, so either way, like there's just so much like interesting stuff in here. It's kind of hard not to call it like a good movie. I just think that the screenplay and the character writing was just at times super clunky and, and, that of a bad movie, but they made up for it in a lot of other aspects. So um, I'll tell you that, you know, I was going to give this probably like a 4.6 or a 4.5 um, if Scarlet wasn't in this, but because she is in this and she is so fucking annoying, um, I'm going to end up giving this a 3.7. And I think that's a, a pretty good score. And I bet you it, might, it has the potential to even go up if I watch it again. And I sort of see more parallels between the story and how they sort of executed that. So yeah, I'm giving it three, seven, pretty respectable score, a good movie. I'd recommend it to just about anybody. Um, if you like found footage, um, this is, I think one of the best found footage. Um, there's just something about the style that it, it just loans itself particularly well to like claustrophobia. So I echo a lot of your guys sentiments that you've said about this movie. So 3.7 with the potential to go up a little more uh, on rewatch. You know, John, I am very happy to, to hear you give it that score because I've been so adamant that you watch it and there was a lot of anticipation that I built up. Um, obviously, it delivered in most of the aspects from, from what you're telling me here. So I'm happy to hear that you enjoyed it. Yes, definitely. I just wish it could have been almost gotten on a perfect movie if – you know, we weren't just fucking head diving into holes in the ground with with no fucking remorse. Um, it's just, some of the shit just happened is 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 undeniably ridiculous and makes of no course. logical sense. But yep. um, you know, I'm willing to look past that and say, you know what, it was a fun fucking movie, which is I think the best thing you could say about it. So hell yeah, sauce. What do you think? All right, I'm gonna take it away here. Um... Overall, I agree with pretty much all the points that you guys said. I really enjoyed this movie. There's something about this movie that, unlike, I would say, like, 90% of the horror movies that we watched just drew me into it for some reason. And I don't know if it's because of the concept, some of the, like you mentioned, grounded in reality um, theories that the movie had that made it seem a little bit more realistic. It's definitely not a perfect movie. Like, I agree with you, John. Scarlet didn't bother me towards the end of the movie, but the beginning of the movie... Um, wasn't great with her. Um, she definitely has some flaws in her acting and just the character that they wrote for her. But I'm much more willing to move past this just for the the overall movie itself um, and what it provides. Um, I think the camera work for this found footage and this type of movie was worlds better. Like if you compare this to Paranormal Activity or Creep, it kind of blows it out of the water. Like some of the shots that they filmed in the catacombs was such a really cool concept um you know just the we touched on already the claustrophobia factor um is something that really is unsettling with me it really freaked me out throughout the whole movie um and just the the concept as well of just having to continue to 
go down these layers of hell, even though there's you're trapped, you can't get out. You just have to push through it. It just gets worse and worse. So something about that. Um, I don't know. It just, it really kept me drawn into this movie at all times. There was never a point unlike other movies where I feel like there's kind of some dead spots in the movie where it's just boring because you're always, they did a really good job. It's not cheap suspense. There's no, there's jump scares, you know, they're coming, but um, they were just really well done. They were not cheap by any means. It just, um, the fact that it matches with um, Dante's Inferno, like the the Rings of Hell, I mentioned the very last one with how you can see their breath. Um, and there's so many different things I'm sure you can find. It is, this movie is just so rewatchable. Um, I don't know. I just think it's tough to find a horror movie now that has this much detail that you can go back in this kind of rewatchability. So I overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, Chris, you kind of took the score right out of my mouth. I'm going to give this a 4.5. Oh, oh yeah. I was I was afraid for a second you're going to give it a higher score and fucking one up. Yeah, I thought so too. Bad. I thought I thought he was going <laughs> so up. It's not it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, Scarlet definitely took it down a bit. Just the beginning of it, but overall, really good movie. I would definitely recommend watching this movie. This is going to be uh, pretty high up on our scores, John. You crunching the numbers? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little number crunching right here. Um, Boom, 4.2 aggregate score. It is not our highest, but it is tied with The Lighthouse for second highest rated movie, which um, I can't complain about. I think that's right where it belongs. I think like just it seems like all three of us like just had a lot of fun watching it. Like the part of you that wants to be scared, like I feel like this hits a lot of the, the beats very well and executes them. I will say also, this didn't even come up to me until just now, but. Another reason why, like, maybe I was, like, even more freaked out a little bit by this is that, you know, I am, for those who don't know, I am a geologist. And, um, you know, just going, <laughs> going like, that deep, like, the way that they were talking about, you know, there's kind of just, it's a little, it's a little close to home a little bit with just, like, drilling and stuff like that. Like, who knows what, there's, there's sort of something kind of, like, interesting about, like, what happens if you just go deeper than you're supposed to. Like there's, there's a very like forbidden element to this movie of like, they're not supposed to be there. And, um, I don't know. I kind of, I deal with, you know, dealing with drilling to depth all the time. And, uh, I think this was kind of cool. I, not too often where, you know, there's any sort of tie in at all with geology. Um, uh, I guess that's not exactly geology true. And horror. You know, exorcist had fucking some geology in it actually at the very beginning. So it's not like it never happens, but this, it was definitely pretty refreshing for me. So yeah, cool. I think this is uh this is a well deserving horror fiends top of the line, and I I would be shocked if we had another found footage film that comes up above this. But there is an opportunity yeah. coming up. Um, Chris, should we should we fill up people in on? Yes, another found I footage will. flick. I, I'm going to put All a right. quick bow on uh, as above, so below for us. That's a cool thought, real quick, to touch on that. You're kind of tie into it, geology. They did mention in the movie. I think the last time when they're going down to the ninth ring of hell, I think. Um, George was like doing the math. He was like, we're like a thousand. I forget if he said feet or meters, whatever his increment of measurement, but either way, like a thousand feet, that's, you know, a third of a mile, a little bit more. So yeah, pretty insane depth to be thinking about. Honestly, oxygen probably isn't super. I'm willing to excuse it because they're in fucking hell for crying out loud. But (laughs) if you were actually down that deep, I don't think they'd be breathing without like a, like a, like a, like a breathing apparatus, but Either way, I just enjoyed, like, every time he thought they were done going deeper, they would just keep fucking plunging. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, I thought they yeah, were done. Something about that that concept is just, it hits home. Yeah. If, uh, 
for for those of you out there listening, I think the the message of this movie is: if you find yourself in a hole, just keep on digging deeper. Eventually, you'll get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, you're gonna reach the other side of the earth. Yep. Isn't that the That's... fucking tagline of the movie? It, the the only way out is down. Is the tagline? Yeah. 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 Yep. So. Which is cool. Yeah. I like that. Um. So real quick, I, I've, I've said a lot of spooky trivia as we've gone here to kind of fill in some of the holes. Here's just a couple of fun ones. Um, ben Feldman, who plays the character of George, actually suffers from minor claustrophobia and had to take a couple of breaks during the shooting because of his claustrophobia, which I find hilarious. I can't believe he signed up with claustrophobia to this type of movie. Good for him. Right? I mean, I hopefully got the bag. Um, so like I said, this was the only movie to ever – at the time be filmed in the catacombs and it's like the, the skulls and stuff you see in bones like those are real i don't know about this scene where they're like crawling over the bones they might have used props but a lot of the stuff on the walls like those are real dead skulls and bones like that's just kind of crazy to think about as like an actor working around that type of stuff yeah um so as part of the promotion for this movie Felix Yelberg, I believe is how you pronounce it, more commonly known as PewDiePie, traveled through oh, the Paris God. catacombs to do promotion for this movie. So PewDiePie has a <laughs> lore for this movie. Um, there was one other fun one that I'm trying to find here, but that that's that's kind of mostly it. I've said plenty of other ones throughout the episode here, and this is another one. Just go check out IMDb. There's like paragraph long like spooky trivia that they include in here. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, but that's it. That's what we got for as above. So below, I'm very happy you guys enjoyed the movie and we're going to keep the ball rolling here with some found footage. This has been the uh, best three weeks of my life here. As we keep talking about found footage, oh. we did a marble race <laughs> to, uh, to follow up on last week's poll that got us as above. So below. So we're back on the marble grind and the marbles gave us another good one. We've got the Blair witch project coming up for next week's episode. And I'm excited to uh, to talk about that with you guys when we get there. So that's all for today. Without uh, any other delay, I'm going to end this episode. And uh, keep on digging, folks. Sure.